Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and welcome to day number two out of Miracles in Matthew, and we're going to talk about the healing of a leper. What was so important about leprosy? It was incurable, and leprosy represents sin in our life. Only God can get rid of sin. Only God in that day could get rid of leprosy. Let's go to the Word of God today and find about the miracle healing power of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Today is lesson number two out of 10 of miracles in Matthew. This will take a couple of weeks to go through and I'm simply taking the miracles that are recorded of individuals. There's times when Jesus healed everybody, thousands and thousands at a time for sometimes up to two, three, and four days he would be healing people. But beginning in chapter eight of the book of Matthew, we're gonna start taking a look at the healing of a leper. And then one by one, we're gonna keep going down uh, each one of them and where he dealt with individuals. And this is where we're gonna learn the most about it. Uh, There's times when we can see people healed as far as multitudes, but in our daily life, It's the individuals getting healed. And really, healing is designed by God as a means of witnessing. And that by healing, people getting healed through us, laying on of hands, the Holy Spirit moving through us like he did through Jesus, people understand they need Jesus in their life. So again, healing is not just for Christians. Healing is for everybody. But the purpose of it toward the world is to turn them toward Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 1 described Jesus as Jesus was the son of David and the son of Abraham. So the purpose that Matthew wrote was to present Jesus as the king of the Jews. By saying he's the son of David, he was a king. By saying he was the son of Abraham, he was a Jew. And this is what he did. In Mark, Mark teaches about Jesus and calls him the servant of the father. Luke, and he's the Greek authority, it teaches him as the ideal man. And of course, Luke as the ideal man takes him all the way back in the genealogy of chapter three to Adam himself. And then John teaches him as the eternal son of God and comes from the viewpoint that he was deity. The others present him as a human being and John does present him as a human being that you know the word became flesh in chapter one, but he presents it and starts it out as his eternal being before he ever became a human being. All this is again taught. I have a series on this. I'm teaching called Miracles in Matthew. I have a series called Miracles in Matthew, and this teaches probably more in-depth than what I'm able to get in here on the television broadcast, and this will be a tremendous blessing, and they'll come on at halftime and tell you how you can have a copy of it for yourself. Then I'm also offering the grace of healing. It's where almost every one of these healings are going to talk about their faith, their faith, their faith. We're going to talk about the grace of healing that it comes from God. It starts out from God in his grace and faith receives what God gives in grace. So this will teach the healings that many of them bring out here, but also gets showing them from the side of God's grace, which comes first before our faith, which receives it. So it'll be a great blessing to you. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, we're described here of the healing ministry of Jesus, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. 
who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. This not only describes Jesus in Acts chapter 10, but the one quoting this, Peter, is actually talking about the fact that this is how Jesus was, and we are the same thing. God does the same thing with us. Even though Jesus was God in the flesh, and we are not, once we become born again, we are now open for the Holy Spirit's outpouring on us. And just as Jesus' ministry did not begin until he was water baptized, we we, our healing ministry does not begin until we're filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying before you're filled with the Holy Spirit, or if you never get filled with the Holy Spirit, you couldn't pray and God would answer your prayer. I'm simply saying this thing that's so dependable, so powerful, and whatever God gives us as a new birth is amplified when we get filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, the joy we have when we're born again gets amplified when we're filled with the Spirit. The peace that God gives us when we are born again is amplified with the Holy Spirit, and we begin to walk in a whole new dimension of life, including the supernatural. And where we saw some prayers answered before that time, we can begin to see tremendous prayers answered, even to healing people, casting out devils. And this is what God intends. Let's talk about that verse again. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus gave all the credit to God. And in my own life, I can't give credit to myself other than the fact I just received God's healing power and he works through me. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, not Christ of heaven, but Jesus of Nazareth. Listen, deity didn't come from Nazareth. Humanity came from Nazareth. And it's talking about that God anointed a human being. If God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, he can anoint Bob from Bigsby. That's me, the town I live in. Or he can anoint you from whatever town you are in. It comes back to it. God uses people in this earth. All he's looking for is a person that's born again and a person who's now filled with the Holy Spirit to use them in this greater dimension of healing power. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. This anointing happened when Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River, and this baptism turned out to be a, a turning point in Jesus' ministry. And, and from this point on, he operated in the gifts of the Spirit, signs, wonders, miracles. And again, this particular event, every gospel records this event. Dunamis is the word for power, and it's the self-perpetuating healing power that comes from God. So Luke 5, 17 says, this power of God was present to heal. That is wonderful. When Jesus was in the uh, synagogue at that time and preaching the word of God, it says the power of God was present to heal them, them people that were there and Jesus had the power. But you know what was sad? No one got healed. No one believed it. So simple faith was required on their part and they did not use that simple faith. Matthew chapter four, Verse 23 through 25 begins Jesus' healing ministry. In Matthew 4, 23 through 25, it says, Jesus went about all Galilee. This is after the uh, baptism that he had had with John the Baptist. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. All this was to win souls. All this was to get people to receive him as Lord and Savior. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all who were sick, who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, those who were demon possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him, it says, from Galilee, from Decapolis, 
from Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond Jordan. His ministry became so huge that even Gentiles were coming from beyond the Jordan. Arabic countries were coming, traveling all that distance because the reputation of Jesus went everywhere. Let me say this. If your ministry is seeing people delivered, you won't have to you won't have to go out and do advertising, get on the nearest uh, radio station, do all the things that churches want to do and ministries want to do to get out there. And there's nothing wrong with this. I'm simply saying, why don't you let the Holy Spirit be your main one that advertises for you and the power of the Holy Spirit. Once miracle signs and these things begin to happen, people will come from everywhere. And this is really what throughout history has caused churches to grow and ministries to go. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 35, we have the same thing, but again, I mentioned yesterday, these are the opening and the closing of two parenthesis, two sides of the parenthesis. Matthew 4.23 starts it and Matthew 9.35 ends it. In between those two passages of scripture, we have story after story, and that's where I'm taking up miracles in Matthew. They all come from these stories between Matthew chapter 4 and Matthew chapter 9. Why didn't we use verses before this? Because he healed multitudes. We are now going to get into individual people. And the verse of scripture we quoted in, in uh, the book of Acts said he healed every disease among the people. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about every disease, large diseases that were catastrophic and could kill you to things that we consider to be minor, yet Jesus healed them all. Men and women, young and old, rich and poor. We have every kind of person mentioned there to simply let you know that that healing is no more discriminatory towards certain people than salvation is. Jesus saves all, Jesus heals all, and the same thing can be true in your life. Matthew 9, 35, then same thing. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Comes back to this, healing is a tool to win the lost. Acts chapter one and verse eight. Every believer is a preacher, a teacher and a healer. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 18 is the great commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them uh, to obey all the things that I have said to you and then laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover and casting out devils. Preaching and teaching are a means of producing and maintaining healing and we understand something too, that preaching and teaching is what causes people to get saved and also to become a disciples of the Lord. Preaching is to get a person saved and teaching is to make a disciple out of them. But what goes hand in hand with it, it might be that the ministry of the supernatural healing and casting out devils brought them into the kingdom of God. Uh, they, they saw what was happening and received Jesus as their savior. But once they get in there, now they begin to understand too, this is part of my ministry. What brought me in is now in my ministry to bring other people into receiving Jesus as Lord and savior. So Romans 10, 17 tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by the hearing of the word of God. But I can tell you this too, faith can also come as you're watching God's powerful demonstrations and a desire to receive Jesus right there. And I believe that many received Jesus were told that in the four gospels that Jesus healed multitudes, it says, and many believed in him. By what they saw with their eyes, faith opened up in their heart. In other words, the demonstration of these things in front of their eyes caused them to trust in God and they received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Let me quote one verse of scripture to you and then we'll break. Proverbs chapter four, 
Verse 20 through 22 says, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them, them what? Them words and them sayings from the word of God not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them and health to all their flesh. Notice this, what we do by the laying on of hands can be maintained in them if we teach them as disciples to continue to follow God's word. Stay with God's word. Incline your ear to God's saying. Keep them ever in your heart. Let them be in front of your eyes. And all these things will come and bring life to you, but it'll also bring health to all your flesh. Healing has always been a part of the gospel. Healing has always been a part of God's plan from Old Testament into new. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals you, was his Old Testament title. But in the New Testament, Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And it happened from the day of Pentecost on. It is still for us today. God has not changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was Jehovah back then, Rapha, he's still Jehovah Rapha today. If he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil in Jesus' ministry, he goes with us healing all that are oppressed of the devil. And so the word of God inside of us can help us maintain healing. I don't go around having people lay hands on me a lot unless it's something I really got struck with all of a sudden. But the main thing I do is I walk in God's word and that continual health is inside of me. I'll see you right after the break. Miracles in Matthew is a systematic studying of the healing miracles of Jesus which are presented to us in the book of Matthew. This series emphasizes the fact that Jesus healed believer and unbeliever, Jew and Gentile, male and female, old and young, rich and poor. He made no distinctions. Healing was and is for all. The sermon titles in this 10-message set are Jesus' Healing Ministry, Jesus' First Healing, The God of the Impossible, Healing of the Centurion Servant, Peter's Mother-in-Law, Think on These Things, After the Healing, You Are Forgiven, The Healing of the Two Women, and Avoiding Unbelief. To order Miracles in Matthew, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. How much faith do I need to be healed? In The Grace of Healing, Bob Yandian answers this question and reveals the missing ingredient to the healing you've been praying for, grace. Throughout church history, the doctrines of grace and faith have been taken to separate extremes as they relate to healing. The result is that many believers struggle to receive healing from God. Those on the side of grace deny the need for faith, believing that God only heals a select few. For those who only see a need for faith, the pursuit of healing becomes a legalistic struggle to change God's mind. Pastor Bob takes a different approach with practical biblical teaching that balances both elements of grace and faith. You'll find the healing you've been waiting for when you find the missing ingredient of grace. To order The Grace of Healing, visit bobbyendian.com. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobbyendian.com. Join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobbyendian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. 
We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian. In Matthew's chapters 1 through 7, Jesus' ministry begins and Jesus healed the multitudes. There's not one person that's mentioned individually in Matthew chapter 1 through 7 and uh, that was healed. Uh, what he sh- what it has was Jesus just healed the multitudes. He'd be preaching the word of God and many were healed. We're told in, in later on in the book of John chapter 8 that while Jesus preached, many were healed. And he said to those who were healed, now if you'll continue in my word and if you'll follow after me, he said, you'll become my disciples indeed. So people were saved while they heard Jesus preach. They were healed while they heard Jesus preach. But again, always mentioning the multitudes beginning in Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9, we're going to start mentioning individuals. How many people does Jesus heal? Everybody. Uh, How many diseases does he heal? Every disease. He healed everybody of everything, and we're going to find that out. He healed incurable diseases. He healed minor problems in people, and that's what's going to be brought out in Matthew chapter 8 and chapter 9. In these two chapters, we move away from the masses, and we get to individuals. In fact, there's going to be masses, but Jesus is going to go to individuals, and it's going to amplify that he heals everybody of everything. Let's take a look at Matthew chapter 8 verses 1 through 4. He's now been in chapter 5, 6, and 7 at the Sermon on the Mount preaching the word to them, comes down and great multitudes find him again. He's been up there on the mountain with his disciples. By the end of chapter 7, the multitudes have found him. Now they follow him down the mountain. And it says in chapter 8 verse 1, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, a leper came and worshiped him, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Then Jesus put out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest, offer that gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. The first person that came to Jesus had an incurable disease. I mean, in its day, it's like AIDS has been in our generation. They're now finding more and more ways to get rid of AIDS. But here's the thing about the leper. The leprosy throughout the Old and New Testament was considered an incurable disease. Today, it's curable. But back then, it was seen as the worst that you could possibly get. It caused you to be banned from the general population. The people stayed in the city, but lepers had to go outside. There was a colony of lepers where they were there. And so again, Jesus, this leper comes to him. This leper had to have just gained a lot of, of gumption just to come to Jesus. I mean, he must have just talked himself into it, decided I don't care who sees me. I don't care what they say. I'm going to find him. And in the midst of a group of people, this leper came and fell down worshiping, saying, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Two things are presented here. Jesus can heal an incurable disease. And next of all, it's God's will to heal everybody. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Notice what the man was saying. I know you can heal me. I'm not sure if you will heal me. I know you can heal me. I don't know if I'm one of those lucky ones that you flip the coin and heads I've won, tails I would have lost, but am I am I the winner? Can I get healed out of this? And Jesus put his hand out and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. In other words, what he was saying was, I'm willing to heal everybody. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing everyone, everyone who was oppressed of the devil. If, and it's true, healing does come through the work of Jesus on the cross, what Jesus did on the cross is for everybody. He died for salvation and he also died for healing. 
We're told in the word of God in Matthew chapter eight later on that Jesus did all this that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Isolating sickness and disease was also a work of Jesus on the cross besides dying for our sins. And if he died for everybody's sins, then he also died for everybody's sicknesses. And that's what he's telling this man. This man said, Lord, I, I know you're, you can do it. I'm not sure you're willing. Is this an argument today? We have so many people say, well, I just don't know if it's God's will to heal me. And so they try to approach God for healing, but it's mainly like, I'm coming to ask you for healing. But if you if it's not your will, I understand that. But if it is your will, you know, and they're just convinced inside themselves that we will never know unless we pray that maybe we're one of the lucky ones. No, there's no such thing as lucky ones. Jesus died for everybody's sickness. You say, yeah, but some people aren't healed. Well, some people aren't saved. There's going to be people come up to Jesus and say, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we do many mighty works by He said, I never knew you. In other words, the problem is not with God. The problem is with them. They really didn't receive Jesus as Savior. And if that's the case, then we have people that say, well, I prayed for healing. It didn't come. We go, well, it must be God's up there flipping a coin. One side you win, one side you lose. No, it's not God that decides whether or not you're going to get healed. It's you. God made the decision and through the cross of Jesus, he has healed everyone and everyone is eligible for healing of sickness and disease. But the problem comes when something doesn't happen. We don't see a change in them and it looks like there's no healing there. We go back and say, well, it must be God. Because no, no, we don't say that about sinners. We know he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance in the same way with divine healing. And that's why it says in that verse of scripture, Jesus put his hand out and touched him saying, I am willing, be cleansed. Immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go your way, show yourself to the priest. Don't, don't say anything to anybody. And Jesus was having him fulfill the scripture out of Leviticus chapter 14. And that is when a person is healed of leprosy, they must go and present themselves to the priest. No one had ever done it. This man was the first the first ever. That verse of scripture Leviticus, probably when he went to see the priest after this, the priest had to blow the dust off Leviticus 14 and open it up. It had never, ever been opened up. Oh yeah, there was a couple of people healed in the Old Testament, but you know what? They never went to the priest. We have one of them was Miriam, which was Moses' sister. She was quarantined by God himself. The other was the was a man that was a Gentile, and he was healed of leprosy, totally healed of leprosy, naming the leper. And because he was a Syrian, he didn't have to go. He didn't have to see the priest. He was not a Jew. So the two that were recorded in the Old Testament, listen, what happened was they never went to see the priest. No one had been to see the priest. This man was the first. Jesus says, see to it, you tell no one, go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Three principles concerning healing are taught in this story. First of all, it's always God's will to heal. I will, I will. The first thing that's often quoted by people is say, if you will, like this man, this man said, if you will, and Jesus said, I will. I mean, if you question Jesus and go to the word of God, you're gonna find out it's always been his will. Jesus healed multitudes of people. If healing was only for certain people and not for other people, then how did the people know who to bring? They brought everybody and Jesus healed everybody. It was his will. If they had to, if they had to pick the right one who was willing for God to heal, they must have something we don't have. They must have a discernment we don't have because I can't 
can't discern in me if it's God's will to heal you, if it is a thing of fluctuating back and forth. Some get healed, some don't. It's his will with some, it's not his will with others. I don't know. I don't have a gift to discern that. I'm just, pardon the expression, dumb enough to bring every sick person to Jesus, expecting that he died for everybody. And that's what Jesus was saying. It is my will. So point number one of three principles coming out of this healing is this, it's always God's will to heal. There is, an, number two, there's an inseparable link between sin and sickness. And that's brought out here because why? Atonement is necessary for the removal of both. Both sin and sickness take an atonement. And the one atonement Jesus made on the cross covered sin and it covered sickness also. So atonement is necessary for the removal of both. Then this is the very personal story the personal miracle of healing recorded in the New Testament. This is the very first recorded miracle and personal recorded miracle. Before this, it was masses that were healed and this one man was brought before Jesus. This is the first one recorded in the New Testament, this healing of leprosy. Let me give you a verse of scripture out of Isaiah chapter one, verses four through six. It says, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, a seed of evildoers, children, who are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They provoked the Holy One of Israel to anger. They've gone away backwards. Why should you be stricken anymore? You will revolt more and more. The whole head is sick and the whole heart faints. From the sole of the foot, even to the head, there is no soundness, but wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. They have not been closed, neither bound up, neither mollified with ointment or rubbed down with ointment. And the verse of scripture compares uh, sin and sickness together and shows that this particular uh, sin he's talking about with this nation is compared here to leprosy. And leprosy is a type of sin in the word of God. We are cleansed from sin. Acts 10 and verse 15 says, what I have cleansed, do not call unclean. Second Corinthians chapter seven and verse one, cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh. James 4 in verse 8 tells us to cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts. And in 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 and 9, it tells us the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. What am I saying? What I'm saying in these verses of scripture is that the reason why the first one that came to Jesus to be healed and recorded in the word of God individually, again, thousands have come to him in huge groups, but the first one recorded of Jesus healing in Matthew chapter eight of an individual coming to Jesus had leprosy. Leprosy is a type of sin and leprosy in that day was incurable. No man could cure it. No doctor could cure it. And Jesus points out the fact I can do it. And leprosy is a type of sin. Notice this again in these verses of scripture. We're told here, the healing of leprosy was called cleansing. Isn't that interesting. The healing of a leper was called cleansing, not forgiving and not healing. And so Matthew chapter eight and verse three talks about another leper. It says immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Matthew chapter 10, verses seven and eight in the great commission, as you go out and preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand, heal the sick, notice this, cleanse the leper. Leprosy was almost separated from every other sickness because leprosy was a type of sin. And therefore, if, if it's a type of 
sin, then if every leper could be healed, then every sinner can be forgiven. So again, when we see this in the verses of scripture, what happens verse after verse after verse is leprosy is removed and seen as something different. And cleansing comes from the blood of Jesus. Healing comes from the stripes of Jesus. It's almost as much as a forgiveness is necessary for the forgiveness of sins and a special act of God for the cleansing of the leper because of who it represents. Healing was no more, uh, again, more difficult for a leper, but Jesus separated, God separated to show how that sin in and of itself, no one can cleanse sin except the God himself. And no one could cleanse a leper except God himself. The cleansing of the leper was so important just as we get cleansed from our sins. We'll see you tomorrow and we'll talk about the second miracle that happened in Jesus' ministry. See you tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.